Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of A Fit and Able Life. This week, we have a double interview with Bobby Mack and Sandy Roberts, two of the best runners to come out of the triangle. They both run on the collegiate level, and Bobby Mack has represented Team USA several times in international competition. What they're here to talk about is all their expertise with running throughout their careers, and to share with you their experience and advice for how they plan on keeping running a part of their life you know, through all of their life changes. And it's really interesting, interesting stuff, and it's very helpful for those people who are looking for something that they can do uh, lifelong to stay fit and healthy and motivated for you know whatever their activities may be. So here's uh, Bobby and Sandy. Well, thank you, Sandy and Bobby, for joining us today for uh, Fit and Able Life podcast. Uh, this is a very new project we're doing to try to get to reach out to experts in a variety of fields to get information to folks that want to benefit from your experience and all that. So thank you for joining us. Um, let's just start out. Obviously, you both are runners, very well-known runners in our area. So why don't you tell us a little bit about where you ran, what schools you ran for, okay. et cetera. Um, again, my name is Sandy, and I'm from Raleigh originally. I went to Broughton High School and ran there. and. From there, I was able to go run at Georgetown University, ran there for four years, graduated, and then got to come and run for the Wolfpack of NC State. For Went there for grad school, had a year of eligibility, parlayed that into two years because of a, a injury and a six-year medical hardship, and so finished there, and I've still been training kind of along with the uh, with, with some of the post-collegiate guys here in Raleigh. That's cool. So you, were you redshirted in undergrad? I was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Bobby? <laughs> uh, so a similar story with uh, a having a six year of eligibility, but uh, my high school competition was at North Forsyth High School in Winston-Salem, and then came to NC State in 2003, and ran there for, for six years, again, because I had a, a medical uh, red shirt and a red shirt, so uh, I got to come back and actually was a graduate assistant coach when Sandy was there for his, his last last year. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. So you guys know each other as athlete and coach then. Yes. This is going to make it interesting for the head coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to be known that, you know, when I was a freshman, Bobby was a senior, uh, and this was in high school, and him and a guy named Matt DeBull were, le- were legendary. And I remember when Bobby, that one of the first times, he told me good luck at one of the meets, and I was overwhelmed. <laughs> I couldn't believe the Bobby Mag told me good luck. It was before, the, if, I, if I remember correctly, it was before the two-mile at uh, the indoor state meet, senior year. So, listen, you know, this guy, uh, we go back. <laughs> well, man, that's good. Well, obviously, the two-mile, you mentioned the two-mile. What were your focus distances your main, your, that you ran in high school and in Mm-hmm. In high school, a mile, I mean, anywhere from the 800, you know, mile to two miles. So it kind of did the span, the distances. In college, focused more on 15, um, anywhere from 15 to 5K was kind of my, 15, 5K was kind of my bread and butter. Right. Uh, in high school, kind of the 800 on up to the two mile, you know, the, the high school has a great uh, four by eight relay, and right. that's great to be part of a team. So we'd run the four by eight relay up to the two mile. And in college, I started out as a 1500 meter runner and worked up to the 5k, but my favorite sport in college was cross country. Right. So. Yeah, cross country is just amazing. Yeah. Um, so much more exciting than track. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, so in, in which years, do you, and I know both of you are all Americans, is that correct? Yes, I was a part of a team that was an All-American. Mm-hmm. And what event was that? That was the distance medley relay. Okay. So it was an indoor event, and so I was a part of a relay team that was All-American. This was at Georgetown. Okay, and? Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2004, I was All-American in cross-country at NC State. Okay, yeah. all right, great. Well, 
did obviously then distance events are the events you enjoy and the events that you you did you ever do sprint events just did they did you ever have a coach that just said we need to throw you in <laughs> i think I, did, I think i did a 400 like a couple times in high school meets but in college obviously that was not i did not have the range to go down to the 400 <laughs> so they did not ask me to come join the four by four or any sort of sprint events yeah high school coaches have a way of it. that's right that's right yeah, we, we would uh run our four by eight guys would actually run the four by four occasionally against our sprinters and you know we were competitive in dual meets but it, it was just a good speed workout really but once i got to college there's no chance i was running the 400 so. <laughs> <laughs> there's a different crowd of people yeah well uh, one of the things that i found with runners athletes and i've never really trained athletes of your caliber first of all but i have noticed that people that were able to walk on you know in, in college at the mileage increased greatly from high school to college. Was that your experience as well, or because you were running at such a high caliber in high school that that was not much of an adjustment for you? No, there was a jump for sure. I mean, I would say in high school I was probably, let's say, average 60s, maybe jump to 70s. But in college, just because you're really trying to max out to see how can I run the fastest, and this is kind of that four years to figure it out, um, I was you know upwards of, of 70 up, 80, even kind of averaging 80 up in the 90s at points. And so Georgetown was not as high mileage as NC State on the whole, more of a middle distance right. program. But, I mean, you know, it comes with as you get as a stronger runner, you're able to handle that mileage plus the workouts and the workload. And it's, it's I mean, it's how you get better is by being able to do more. And so, yeah, there definitely was a, a significant jump. Right. Did you have that same jump? A similar jump. I, I actually, my junior and senior year, I started realizing that I wanted to run in college, and I kind of knew what, you know, what college runners were running. So I started running, you know, maybe averaging 50 to 60 a week and probably hit 70 once or twice in, in high school uh, to kind of prepare for college. But the first year in college, uh, I didn't increase the mileage a lot. I was probably running 70 more often, but the intensity increases, and then you start getting into more secondary runs, uh, so I could see how, depending on wh which high school you come from, you may get to college and not, not have a big bump at all. Um, you may have definitely, there will be some bump, but uh, depending on which, what your high school program is doing um, will depend on how big that transition is. Now, both of you had six-year careers in, uh, running in college. There, were those injuries because of the increased running and the demand on your body in some way? Obviously, you came up injured. Medical, you know, redshirt is pretty serious so what, what, what was the nature of your, your so I think part of it was was a little bit of over overtraining the first injury uh, coming off summer base phase mm -hmm. uh, when you're not really competing you have a tendency to really push the, the mileage higher because they're you know you don't you don't have the intense workout day so you just start pushing the mileage envelope um, and that that injury kind of hit my uh, the fall of my sophomore year and I feel like after that I got into this cycle of injuries because that was a red shirt year for me um, and then as I got back in, in a stress fracture injury requires about three months of no running it's a 12-week healing process and you can you can do some cross training um, non-weight bearing but as I as I kind of took the time off to let the injury heal and then got back to running uh, all my teammates that were my same age were, were running x amount of miles and you try to ramp up quickly to what they're doing but then you know you're, you're coming from an injury and you have to progress naturally so i got into this kind of cycle of injury so i would say that uh part of it was kind of pushing the the envelope the mileage envelope a little too much and then uh, there's a difference between like running and feeling good at a certain mileage and running and feeling always tired like you're straining and you know if you're if you're running tired and your form's off you can get into this this injury injury cycle right 
That must be a hard cycle to break too. It is. Mechanics get really whack with injury too. Yeah, my, mine were kind of you know lower, uh, kind of hips and, and, and low, low back injuries, and I, I feel like it really was a, a mechanics issue just from kind of being tired or over yeah. over pushing. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think definitely has to do with some of the intensity. And I think uh, something, too, that I've kind of, you know, because I had some couple, two stress fractures in particular, that I think it, it, a lot of it came down to form, as Bobby was talking about. And there's kind of, there's this I, conventional wisdom in running that the longer, you know, that the more miles you put in, the longer you do the sport, you kind of key into this perfect form or this most efficient form. And I, I would actually say, I think the research backs it up that like, if you're not actually constantly working on your form and, and how to be efficient and maybe some of the areas of weakness or imbalance, then you're gonna get injured. I mean, just the amount of time that you're, the amount of miles you put in, I mean, that's just, that's a lot, a lot of pounding. And so over a time, if there are some imbalances that haven't been dealt with, they get, those get magnified over, you know, how many steps per mile over a week of, you know, 70, 80, 90 miles a week. And those, they, they will come out at some point. And I think Bobby and I both have experienced some, some issues where, you know, you, you, try, you try to work through these things, but eventually, like, it's kind of hard to outrun some of these imbalances or things that, that I think come from form. So I think form is something that there, I would go on a limb and say there's not enough emphasis placed on actually working on some of the form deficiencies of runners. Now, if you're running in college, you've, you have, learn through your form how to be most efficient right. but that doesn't mean it's the best nor does it mean it's going to help keep you injury free right well you're right and you see a lot of runners that have tweaks in their their form that you think well that person's really fast but look what they're doing with their head or look how they're using their arms you know right. mm-hmm. or, or sometimes you know i've even seen people i thought have no knee drive but they still seem to be going pretty fast right so it just must be in their turnover that you know something's working for them yeah compensating right but eventually I mean you know and while it can work for a while I think it does catch up with you at some point if you especially if you stay in the sport long enough these things will catch up with you well that's a good segue into my next question because you both are clearly past college age you're both adults both of you married not yet (laughs) but um, (laughs) maybe that's off the record but uh, (laughs) I am dating seriously I'll put it I'll put that out there I know the family (laughs) (laughs) okay okay um, how do you incorporate running as adults you know into your current busy schedules how how do you keep that alive because one of the things that I like to stress with my athletes is that I like to train athletes as lifelong runners now you guys are highly competitive runners. Um, that's hard to get out of your head, I imagine, even when you're not in college or high school. But how do you incorporate that into your life now with all the demands you have? You have a child coming up. You know, right. How are you, how are you planning ahead? How are you planning your workout strategies now? You know, and how would you recommend other people do that? So I think if if you can structure your running and get it done in the morning, that's that's the the best thing to do is just get up early and get it done and luckily right now I'm flexible enough to where you know I, I can actually still run in the morning and maybe I'm at work by 9 or 10 and you know sometimes even in the evening I may go out for a secondary run around 6 or 7 but but I think if you can get into a routine that's kind of what it's like a callousing effect the more days weeks months you wake up and get your workout done at you know whether it's 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. The, the easier and more natural that's going to feel so um it is it is a little bit of a, a sacrifice, but but I've become more and more I enjoy just running than than 
than competing. So like you said, I want to be a lifetime runner. And you know, when you're injured or you can't compete for six months you, you, or, or train, you start to really miss just running and, and being around your friends because there's a, like a very good social and camaraderie aspect to distance running as well. So I, I'd rather be running and injury free than, than really kind of like kind of competing, but kind of like na battling through some nagging injuries because running is uh, an important aspect of my mental health as well. So, yeah. And you hear a lot of runners say that, right. especially the injured runner, they didn't realize how much it was a part of their, their mental health. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I, you know, I would say, and I think Bobby is absolutely right. It's, this is a sport that I want to enjoy. It gives me there's a mental clarity, there's an enjoyment of just you know getting out there with with friends and and you know logging some miles around town or in the, out in the forest. But I think too, in terms of still trying to be competitive, is that you have to realize, as an adult, there are you have demands that you know financially, you know, another job or at home. And so here's the question: is going to be you can't do things. You got to be flexible because I think the thing in college is everything is scheduled around practice time. You have you know, three or four hour bulks in the day um, or holes in the day that you can do. You know, you're running, but you're stretching. You're um, you know, go to rehab, and then you can do weights. You just don't have those kind of blocks in the day now, and so you have to learn to be flexible. But I think sometimes as you get older, the ability to be flexible to say, "Hey, this is my time to get in the running. I'll get as much as I can in, and then I have to put my mind somewhere else." Kind of that switching on and off and not focusing all on running. Running, sometimes it's actually helpful for competitive guys instead of always dwelling on you know being around the sport kind of always being in it you kind of are able to leave it and I think that's healthy I see some of the guys on the team who don't function well uh, as we still kind of train with them some of these guys that they're they're always mentally in the sport and sometimes you need to have, be a break so I think flexibility is key realizing you know sometimes you're not going to get that run in it's not going to kill you. You can, you know, there's ways to, you know, there's ways to get it in and uh, and still be very successful. So it's sort of like giving yourself permission to go on with the rest of your life. And, and exactly. <laughs> right. And that doesn't that doesn't mean you're not being that you're not getting the work in or working hard. It just means you have to be flexible with what you're given. But you can still be very very competitive. And even in, I think it puts you in a better mental place too to be ready on race day to compete at the highest level that you you know that that one can. You guys have both obviously been very successful. What advice would you have for high school runners and college runners, or kids that want to, that are in high school and want to run in college. I mean, not everybody gets an opportunity to do that. So what, what advice would you have for those ages? Yeah, so the, the high school runners, I would say, you know, don't, don't underestimate your, your personal best and your, your uh, PRs in, in events, because as you get older into college and through college and post-collegiate, -co uh, those best marks become difficult to get. So I think as a, as a high schooler, I would just you know blaze through the season and expect best performances a lot and never really reflect on them. But I think uh, as a high schooler, you need to kind of you know realize your accomplishments as you're setting those personal best marks because those, those are a big deal and they become kind of fewer you know as you get as you get older. I mean the bar the bar keeps getting you keep raising your personal bar. So I think it's important for high schoolers. Uh, they, they just get so focused on, on the, the next event, but they need to look like kind of long, long term and just, you know, uh, kind of have patience with the sport. Right. Um, there's, there's not, you know, you, you'll make breakthroughs some months, but I feel like running is, uh, there's not like a linear path to it. It's kind of up, hmm. up and down, but if, you know, eventually you are kind of moving up um, toward faster performances, but it's not a steady, uh, it's not just like a steady, always improving kind of curve. Right. Yeah. In, in a college, though, when you're in college, you're expected to sort of come in at a certain level for most teams, aren't you? 
Yeah, there's there's definitely you know more more pressure in college, and you know luckily you've got there's there's older members on your team, but you know as you as you come in as a freshman, um, if you've made it to the college level, you're, you're clearly very competitive, um, and you're used to probably performing at a very high level in high school. And when you get to college, if that transition doesn't quite click, you f- you find yourself maybe you know among 20 other guys who can who can beat you on any given day so you have to kind of that's why the patience is key and kind of looking at the 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 long term where you want to be and making sure you and your coach uh are on the same page and kind of you know i think coaches realize that patience is key and coaches don't always expect their freshmen to do great but they expect their freshmen to be dedicated right working hard yes if i can take a a page out of a, a Uh, current quarterback right now, Cam Newton, um, who has been playing very well this year because he's having fun. And I think that there's a lot to be said about having fun with the sport. I mean, the the, the type of personalities you get within running are type A, um, very generally, very, you know, goal-oriented, sometimes over-the-top people, right? I can find myself in that boat at some point, and I don't like that about myself. But the problem with that is that sometimes it, the fun, you lose the fun in it because you're always worried about how am I feeling? Is the training perfect? And, and when, when's my next race? How do I do this workout? You're, you're kind of constantly reassessing. And that kind of drains the fun out of it. And so I would say developing the habits of you know, enjoyment of not only competing but of training and, 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 you know, and of teammates, right. starting that in high school, if you can carry that on, you will run fast times. It's, it's cliche if you're having fun, you'll run fast. But there is something to be said for when you are relaxed enough, kind of letting running come to you. I mean, you got to work hard, of course. When you let running come to you, I feel like those are the times I've run my best, and I feel like I've seen other people run their best. Bob, I don't know if you would agree to that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> if it's if it's if it's not fun and you're just kind of grinding through it, it's it's a tough sport to be in. And, and you know, during the the tough times when you're injured, there's there's definitely not always going to be fun. But you you definitely have to have kind of fun with the sport. Yeah, you have yeah. to have your good days, I guess. Yes. Right. And, and right. And, and what I mean by fun is, yeah, some days it's miserable. Some days you have to just, you know, willpower to get out the door. But what I'm talking about fun is like, is there an overall sense of like, man, I kind of, from, I enjoy, I enjoy the process of working towards, a, the, the, you know, a, a running related goals. Well, I remember when the movie Chariots of Fire came out, because nobody could understand why I would go out and run. You know, I went to a school where there wasn't a whole lot of female athletics. And, and I just loved it. But when they came up with that chariot to fire where the gentleman said, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it sort of describes it. I feel like I'm doing what's right for me and I'm loving it. Have you, when have you had that experience? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I think, you know, for me, I mean, obviously, you know, with, with that movie, I mean, a lot of faith is, you know, I want to be a pastor. So I do derive a lot of like, a lot of faith parallels with running. It speaks a lot of it in the Bible. But I think just even on a personal level, I mean, I, let's put it this way: I have not, I don't always feel a pleasure in, in the sport, um, and it's not always. I've had to fight for the enjoyment of it, and I think I've had to kind of come back to the roots as I got an older. Of like, man, I really just love, like Bobby said, getting up and being able to go out and run without it hurting, or or meeting up with with you know training partners and hammering out a good ten mile run. That's the enjoyment that you, sometimes you have to fight for because you can lose that. But there are times, and I'll say that I've enjoyed the sport most. When I've really sensed, like, man, this is this is a gift. This is a blessing, right? Not everyone gets to do this, and this is a. I've learned a lot about myself, and I've got to experience some great times with others. Well, we had a question. We ask everybody with this: What's your, what is your definition of fit and able? And clearly, you've sort of outlined what your definition of fit and able is already. 
but during the times when you did not feel fit and able, whether it was when you were injured in college or even now when you go out and you just have a, a cruddy day out running, you know, how do you manage that yourself? I mean, in terms of your own mental boost, you know, that this is okay that I have that. What is your self-talk? Right. R- running is such a, I think I enjoy running so much because it's such a pure sport. There aren't a lot of barriers to entry. You don't need, you know, a fancy bike or gear. And whether you're doing it for the competitive side or the, the fitness side, you don't need a gym membership. You really just need your shoes and you can head out your, your front door. So that's kind of what I, what I tend to miss when I'm, when I'm not fit and able is just I miss being outside and breaking a sweat. So uh, I've kind of realized that to still get that feeling, I need to either just get to a spin class or get to a hot yoga class or just go for go outdoors to Umstead and hike. So uh, if, if I can't actually run, I still need to be somewhat physically active in right. something. Well, yeah. that's, that's actually excellent advice for the average, the average athlete. Right. Just stay active and, and stay in the game, whatever game it is. Right, because <laughs> most runners, when you're not training at a high level towards something, you just kind of like... What, what am I even doing? Is it is is I'm just gonna just take some time off and you kind of hole up? And I, I feel like it's important to you know that's a great chance to do some cross training, find some other sports. And I think Sandy experienced this as well. But uh, this summer we were both kind of injured and we both got into some some yoga. And I, I really kind of think that that's kind of my fallback um, cycling and yoga when I can't actually run. So hot yoga? Uh, yeah, these were hot yoga classes. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's killer. I mean, you it's you can see God more clearly when you come out of there. <laughs> well, like I said, the, 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 you have to be outdoors and break a sweat. So, like, if you can't, hot yoga doesn't get you outdoors, but you're definitely breaking a sweat. Yeah. yeah. So, you have a really big faith element to, mm-hmm. to your days and your running. Right. Um, how do you meddle? Do you, do you incorporate that into the days that you're not feeling so great? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I realize one, and I love the uh, uh, able, right? I mean, it's the ability to be able to do this. That's a gift, you know. Um, it's not my full identity. I'm not Sandy Roberts, the runner. I'm Sandy Roberts, and I enjoy running, among other things that I do. And so I think it helps keep a right perspective of one, it's a gift, and two, it's not fully who I am. And so I think even with that, I think God has, just in my life, has used running to show a lot, um, show some areas of that I need to kind of work on it, within my own life and just kind of how I process and kind of my mental psyche almost. And so it's been really insightful. So this sport has given me so much, and I think the, the gift of being able to be fit and able to do something is, is in the day. It's, just, it's, a, it's a blessing that we're given to experience camaraderie, the fullness of, of health, you know, emotionally, spiritually, you know, mentally, physically, um, but then also being able to sh- you know, share that with, with others. And so I think those are some of the things I kind of fall back on. Um, especially when I've been injured, right? Which is when you start to question everything. Like this summer, for example, um, I put on a race, Sir Walter Myler, and um, it was the first time I couldn't run it. And I'll be honest with you, at, at, initially I was like, I'm going to hate it. I'm going to hate the whole process of, you know, being a part of it but not being able to run it. And then I realized, man, I get to get to serve people, be a part of it from a different angle. And, uh, and that was a... a a tremendous gift and realizing like there's you know it's not all about getting the glory sometimes other people but being able to serve them and still be a part of this sport that has given me so much is also uh, a, a, going back to this word a, a gift or a blessing and it's don't want to take that for granted help other people. no question we'll talk about that a little bit in the podcast relative to coaching and so um, you know I'm very impressed you know it's, and actually a little bit surprised you're not Sandy you're not, you're not Sandy Roberts the runner because <laughs> everybody knows you too is Bobby the runner and Sandy the runner so the idea that you have some you know it's like thinking your teachers have a life outside of the right, right 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 <laughs> <You know>? yeah <laughs> so, so 
sort of saying, well, what do you mean you're not Sandy the runner? I am. <laughs> and, so, and I'm an adult. Right, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> well, most days I'm an adult. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, just clearly, just one little fast tip you would give somebody that, say, I'm almost 60, that's wanting to start running. You have somebody come in and say, I want to start running. I know it's kind of late in life to start running. What would you tell them? What would it, how would you get them started? Yeah, I think one of the best things about running is uh, if you can find a group to meet with, you know, whether it's tw- twice a week, once a week, um, it kind of helps hold you accountable. It's, it's much easier to get out the door, you know, to, to a 7 a.m. run group if you know there's going to be a, one other person or a couple other people out there with you. So I would say there's, there's definitely an individual component, and you have to be self-motivated um, to be a runner. But, but t- take small steps, but, but find a group, because I think uh, running is so much more enjoyable when you, when you can find a group to do it with. Yeah make it social. Yes. So add that other component. What would you say? It's never too late, right? I mean, it, I mean, it, and that's the thing about this sport. I feel like, you know, someone says they want to pick up, you know, basketball at 60. Well, I would be hesitant. Or, or There's a lot of sports you can't just pick up. And running is, is uh, going back to that kind of pure enough that you can pick it up at any level. And it may just be, you know, moving very slowly one foot in front of the other or maybe sprinting. I don't know. But the opportunity, I would say, don't let age get in the way because in the day you not only get to meet some great friends through it but I think you get to get to see kind of what your limits are right. you know and uh, that's 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 important no matter what you know until it's our time to move on I think you always need to be challenging yourself and once you stop doing that um, I don't know I think it's an important component of life put it that way well, I get the impression that when you guys move on, whatever that is, you'll be wearing running shoes there. Yeah, <laughs> probably so. The next podcast is, what shoes will you choose to take with you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going barefoot, all right? It's, that's when barefoot running is taking on a whole new, whole new meaning. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. absolutely. Well, I hope you enjoyed that and found some piece of advice that will help you on your own journey of staying fit and able. And it's really interesting listening to the different you know, motivations for what keeps these two athletes uh, going in their, in their running careers. You know, with Bobby, it's you know, getting outside, breaking a sweat. You know, that feels good. Uh, Sandy, you know, part of it is his faith uh, that inspires him to keep going. As he said, it's a gift. It, it's one of the things like that that you need to find that will inspire you to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And that will carry you through you know the rest of your life, no matter what activity it is. And I think that's important. Well, thank you for listening. Again, if you like our, our show, please subscribe to us on YouTube or uh, iTunes and uh, or the newsletter. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week.